0: Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium free 30-day trial when you go to www.gameflyoffer.com slash row. Over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent for your Xbox One, Xbox 360, PS4, PS3, PS Vita, Wii U, Wii, and 3DS. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. This!
1: is the World of row Podcast. And introducing your host, standing at 6'5", weighing 225 pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel
0: Santo. Hey guys, alright, sit back, relax, you know what to do. It's now time to get into the World of Roe Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Roel. people call me Row or well i'm a man of several things that i enjoy i don't know where i was going with that but uh i'm a man who loves texas breakfast tacos tex Mex, i should say not to get confused with any other place in the country i'm also a man who never forgot to return his videotapes at blockbuster video or any other video store <laughs> i'm a fan i'm a man who loves uh, old school rock i'm finding that out about myself more blues and jazz but you guys know me as this wonderful husband, a delightful father, and a podcaster, and this is my show, so welcome. Welcome to the World of Row. This podcast is available to you every single Friday on iTunes, worldofrow.com, Google, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcasts, although maybe twice a month, I'll drop you two episodes in a week, so stay a look out, stay for a lookout on that. My podcast is also rad, fantastic. <laughs> No, you can help out my podcast in a couple of ways. One of them, of course, is taking the time to write a review on iTunes. Give me five stars. Share with your friends is the other way. Letting them know about this amazing podcast and how you tune in every Friday or every Monday or Tuesday, perhaps, and about how you love listening to my voice and you love listening to my conversations with people that I get to talk to about, whether it's wrestling, music, uh, writing, Podcasting comedians, whatever you can tell them all about it, I would greatly appreciate it. You can use your social media to do that, right? Like Facebook or Snapchat, Vine, Instagram, whatever. Uh, the other way is going to www.patreon.com world of Row. You, you there can donate, yes, you, my friend, for a dollar, two dollars. You can go and donate to the podcast and help my cause, help me grow, spread my wings by donating. You become a patron of the show, and you get shout outs, shout outs to the podcast every single week. So that being said, Aaron Castillo, shout out to you, my friend, for being the patron of the podcast. So thank you, buddy. I really appreciate that. So let's go ahead and uh, talk about things. Well, now, you know, it's kind of cooled off at work. Uh, I feel a little rested. The last time I did this, I was a little exhausted. I had a pretty long weekend going into the weekend. My week was still pretty long as well. I mean even I even though I had like a couple of days off away from everything I still felt like I had a hard time decompressing you know and it didn't help that my daughter had a little bit of a bug and that was you know rough on her so we had to kind of stay at, stay at attention I think that's yeah stay you know keeping an eye on her and everything and you know rest is rest is for the week as Vince McMahon likes to say to people I don't know why I'm quoting Vince McMahon anyway but uh you know that kind of set things back a little bit or not set things back but the rest was a little was a little was a little challenging last week but um overcoming the iphone thing and everything with work i was able to kind of decompress a little bit and kind of get myself you know back in the saddle or back in the seat any choose your choose your little you know whatever you want to say in terms of that but yeah you know so that being you know with that happening i was able to kind of Relax, but then I got back onto pounding the pavement with the podcast, you know, staying focused on staying focused on what I needed to do. I mean, guys, I don't I I don't interview I would like for you guys to think that hey every week I'm interviewing somebody, but sometimes it doesn't always happen that way. I have to kind of stay ahead so that way I can always have something ready for you and I can't do it on a weekly basis because sometimes people's availability is off and you kind of hope for this person to do the show. And they're like, yeah, I want to do the show, but I have this, this, this. And so you can't, you can't really, you know, expect everything to go as planned. So what you do is we bank, you know, we, we talk to people. I I talk to people. I I set it aside. I edit, produce whatever I need to do. And then I kind of get it ready. So I did about, let's see, in the last week or so, I've done about maybe five different podcasts. Yeah, look at that. For the show, so there's a lot of uh, interesting and great stories coming from all these conversations. I was really happy. A couple of them um, I had been working on for months. Like I'm talking almost a year, eight to nine months. And I was really glad to, that I actually got to talk to some, some of the people that I wanted to talk to and um I look forward to that. I look forward to sharing that with you and I hope you look forward to that because it's going to be awesome, delightful, energetic, entertaining, enlightening. Okay, so I'm seeing a bunch of e stuff, but you you guys kind of get my drift where I'm going with this. So, but it's really just about growing the brand and and spreading spreading the the the, the knowledge of that is World of Row and getting people acquainted with this whether they're podcasters or writers or content producers things like that just to kind of hey you know what this guy's out there and you have to be able to get that get your name out and and it's not as easy as it sounds and I, I know you guys who probably listen to podcasts that are like mainstream or what have you you know they they don't have as hard of a time because they already have a presence to themselves right like people like like maybe Mark Marion. I mean maybe at the beginning he started off really you know slow But he worked himself up and now he's, you know, he's done like 750 episodes or something like that. And, you know, just a lot of hard work. But for me, it's, it is hard work. It's, it's on the side. I mean, I'm not getting paid to do any of this stuff. It's something that I enjoy doing. I mean, would I like to get paid? Sure. I think we all would who are in this podcast outlet and, and be a podcaster for hire or booking gigs and things like that. That's, that's what we all want to do, but I'm staying focused and I have a newfound energy toward it. And it's just going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty exciting. So look forward, I look forward to sharing you, sharing with you those episodes that I had. So, you know, life's getting a little bit better. I mean, in terms of like the work-life balance, I guess, you know, just like those five or six days was just very challenging. Um, But I had, I was able to spend a lot of time with my, my girls, as I like to say, I love saying that. I mean, I don't I I my my wife and my daughter getting to hang out with them and you know uh doing whatever it is you know whether it's watching sports or even though my wife doesn't really like to I mean if watch we watched football my wife I tried you know she she likes she likes it she's supportive I love my wife I love you honey for supporting me but uh, supporting the football cause I mean but it's more like a basketball thing but anyway it was great I got to spend time with them I had a lot of fun and it felt it felt really great. It was nice. It was really nice. So anyway, um, this week's guest is Dave, the producer. So those of you those of you who remember, um, Juliet Miranda was on the podcast, the host of the Unwritable Rant and the Truth Podcast. That's her new podcast that she's doing with the Reverend Bob Levy. If you guys remember from Howard Stern, she was on the show, but th- this is her husband, Dave, David. I call him Dave. Anyway, he's on the show this week, and we talk about everything uh music podcasting some movies living in chicago i mean just really great guy all around great guy um when we when i talked to juliet i told him that i wanted to talk to him just because i know he's got great experiences you know going through his his life and things that he's experienced and i wanted to talk with him and have a laugh or two and maybe have a good conversation and we did have a great conversation so um I'm gonna go ahead and play that for you guys now, and I hope you enjoy. And then, uh, and you laugh, and you uh, maybe you have like a—I don't know if you'll have a full sense of emotion on this podcast, but podcast, but maybe laugh and enjoy. Oh, obviously, laugh, enjoy, learn something new, maybe about me or learn. You'll learn a lot about Dave because he's the guest, right? So you'll learn a lot about him. But anyway, let's go ahead and start the show. Hey, what's up? <music> So you're, cause you're a musician, right? I am, yeah. What
1: do you play, the bass? I'm a bass player uh, from way back in the day, yes. Well, well I shouldn't say way back in the day, <laughs> but uh, long enough,
0: Dave, long enough. Come on, you're, in, you're not even 40 yet,
1: are you? Oh, dude, I'm 50. I just you are not 50, 50, last 50 month. Dave. Oh, I am, yeah. Just turned 50 last month. Bullshit. I just attended my son's, uh, who just turned twenty four, just uh, went to his wedding on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> well then, happy belated birthday, man. Hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks,
1: you don't look it, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Well, it's uh, it's all the good
0: living and the the whiskey. I think uh, just you know keeps me young. <laughs> is, is that what it is? is uh, oh, I thought whiskey, you know, makes you boy well, makes you regurgitate if you do too much, right? So exactly, yeah. It's all moderation, right? exactly man exactly so how you
1: been man oh, i'm doing good doing good just uh it's crazy uh just the schedule lately you know yeah nuts yeah travel with work and uh you know everything with the the two podcasts yeah now, you you're, know you're, editing
0: you're, all that <laughs> yeah man you're a you're a two time ta- you produce two shows and you're a you're a musician and you're a salesperson i mean then you drink the whiskey No the water. you gotta drink whiskey man <laughs>
1: yeah it's uh it's a very busy lifestyle i'll just say that yeah
0: yeah and, and then you it's got crazy. Sh- you got Juliet too you gotta take care of your woman i mean we're married men i mean you're married right y'all are married right
1: oh, oh yeah we've been married uh, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary oh well,
0: well congrats man yeah
1: as a matter of fact it was my birthday my 50th birthday Our uh, fifth anniversary and the podcast's first anniversary all in the same week.
0: So So lots of... That was cool. Yeah. So lots of like partying, I'm sure, having a good time, so to speak.
1: We had no
0: time. No, really? Well... (laughs) For any of that. No. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I did. Wow. Wow, man. So... uh, Yeah.
1: After uh, my youngest daughter gets out of college, which uh, she just started actually... Okay. Uh, so in four years, we're amskray. We're out. We're done.
0: <laughs> amskray. <laughs> yes. Gotta go. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, I was just watching the Blues Brothers the other day. You know, great the, movie. Oh, gosh. Great movie. Yes. And my daughter, she's she's two. I took it out of the DVD player, right? And I was going to go put it upstairs in my man cave and I was going to watch it up there. And I let her, like, she saw it, so she wanted to play with it. I'm like, oh, okay, like, cool, real quick, we're just going to go upstairs. Well, she managed to, like, get some scratches on it. So some parts of it oh. skipped, yeah, yeah.
1: We have a drive-in, actually, out here by us that's uh, a good friend of ours owns the drive-in. This guy uh, by the name of Scott. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's... Putting on his uh, fall throwback series, so uh, Blues, uh, Blues, uh, I can't even talk today. Okay. Blues Brothers is coming on, I think, in two weeks or something like that. Nice. So it's going to be a blast. Uh, yeah. yeah, love that movie.
0: Oh man, it's so great, isn't it? But you being a musician and on and, and everything. Oh like yeah, that. one
1: so. of the musicians we're actually trying to get on the show right now.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. one? Steve Cropper.
0: Okay, he's the.
1: He's a guitar player uh, that has the beard.
0: Oh, okay, the real long beard, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought he, th- he uh, was in. Oh, god, he's had tons of hits in the '60s, and he's just a world-renowned musician. And mm-hmm. it, we'd love to get him on the show. And we had Phil Vassar on. Yeah, what about, uh, something like uh, I don't know, like a month and a half ago or something like yeah. that. And he was on his show. He does an internet-based show called uh, Wine uh, from the, or Stories from the Cellar. Mm-hmm. Or one. I I think that's it. Yeah, stories from the cellar.
0: Okay, wow. So
1: he was on there. So we're we're trying to get that connection, and we'll see if it happens. Yeah, it's, uh, fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. And you know, I thought you were going to say Matt Guitar Murphy because I wanted to just say that name. You know, he's like, <laughs> we're getting Matt Guitar Murphy next. You know how you <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: we have four fried chickens and yeah. uh, you know. <laughs> Dry white toast. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I was telling who was. Oh, you know what? It, it's a, a. I met this couple that I where I work at, and and they were from. They lived in Illinois, but not in Chicago. Some part around it. But then I told them, I was like, "How is it that John Belushi's going?" He's like, "How much for your daughter? How much for your daughter? How much for your girls?" You know. And so it was just. Uh, Everybody
1: it, knows the lines here, man. I tell you. Oh gosh, him. well because it's
0: it's <laughs> in Chicago, man. I mean, it, I'm sure that it's either that movie or Ferris Bueller's Day Off being like the two most popular movies in Chicago, I would think.
1: Uh, that and some oh, of the, year. Some no, of the no, other no. ones. Uh, well, all the John Hughes movies, right? So Pretty in Pink and Home Alone. All, right. all those were done here, too. So, it, yeah. So it, th- that's kind of the claim to fame. And what was the other? Oh, the other John Hughes movie. Breakfast uh, Club, which, right? Breakfast Club. Thank you. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Was Was Weird Science? Weird Science was filmed there in Chicago, too, wasn't it?
1: It was Wilmet, yeah.
0: Wow, man, that's so cool. That's cool, man. So, what got you into music?
1: Oh, I was playing music since I was thirteen. I figured since I had you know long hair at thirteen, and it was an easy way. You saw the guys on you know uh, on the record albums. You're like, oh my god, these yeah. guys are just crushing it with the girls. So <laughs> that's absolutely why I did it. You <laughs> to get no laid? Doubt. Oh, every opportunity. Well, you know, the reality was that, you know, you didn't at 13. <laughs> right,
0: right, right, right.
1: But it just got me into it, and yeah. I just, I've been playing, well, I stopped playing actually four years ago, but I, I should, shouldn't say stopped. I actually yeah. have a gig coming up here in a couple of weeks, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I'm kind of done. I'm kind of retired from it. Wow, but okay. I got to play with some cool groups along the way. It was fun.
0: Nice. Uh, you, I, I envision you being this not not so much of a heavy metal kind of guy, but more of like just a maybe blues or rock kind of guy.
1: Oh no, I was metal.
0: You were oh, metal, absolutely. okay.
1: Even as uh, let's see, even four years ago, I played Las Vegas with Slaughter. So wow, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so yeah, you definitely were hair metal because you were just saying I about was. getting laid. So I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's like when you, you, I mean, that was like in the eighties, I'm guessing, or like mid to well, early 80s, maybe. I,
1: I started touring right after high school. So I uh, was lucky enough to get a record contract at 18 mm-hmm. and then toured with Night Ranger, who was just starting to break out at no that time. No way. Yeah, so we were the opening act for those guys in
0: 1984. Wow. Sister Christian, yeah, Yeah, it hadn't even
1: hit yet. And really? then around the road, it hit and... it became a big thing and we just kind of rode the wave yeah it's kind of fun
0: wow man so it's funny you mentioned night ranger because i, I got into sister christian because of boogie nights right everyone <laughs> that, <laughs> that's like the longest seven minutes of a movie ever that whole scene but then secret of my success is one of my favorite movies and i know they did a song for that soundtrack
1: Oh god, you and uh Juliet. Yeah, that's uh one of her favorite movies too. Oh my oh god. god. She makes me, you know, watch that and I said, "Oh, I like Michael J. Fox, but that movie is painful." <laughs>
0: I I love that movie. One night I think I couldn't go to sleep and I was laying down in in our bedroom and I turned on I turned it on cuz I saved it to my DVR and my wife goes, "What are you watching?" and I go, "Uh, a Michael J. Fox movie." And she's like, <laughs> I knew it was from the 80s when I heard the music. And it was the intro, you know, the, the I think they were the Secret of My Success song that Night Ranger right. did. And she's like, oh, gosh, you and your 80s movies. And, you know, it's so funny, dude. I, go, I come full circle, right? Because when I was growing up, there was a guy that used to come and visit my older sister. And he was into these older movies. Like, I'm talking like 1994, we were all wanting to watch these newer movies. But he wanted to watch movies like Zapped. And, Greece. Oh, yeah. and, you know, oh, yeah. I used to dog him <laughs> out because he liked these old movies. And then there was, there's this moment in time where I'll watch, you know, like, see no evil, hear no evil or, or secret of my success or man, or even, um, wall street. I can watch wall street all the time. And, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I've become that guy. But uh,
1: it, that's our house. Absolutely, Anytime time that Juliet has a cold or is you know has, even feels like she has the sniffles, yeah. all of a sudden it's immediate eighties movies. Every <laughs> single you know just back to back, and just the crappier the better.
0: Oh, that's so good, man. That's good. <laughs> so, what bands did you play with, man? So you said Slaughter, Night Ranger. Was there anybody else?
1: Uh, let's see. We did. Uh Couple shows uh, with uh, oh uh, Zach Wild's guitar player from oh God what what's Zach Wild's band? Oh Black Label now? Society, right? Yeah 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 yeah. Mark uh, the guitar player. Wow, uh, did a show with him and Man, uh, that's awesome, dude. Did a show with Trapped. Did a show with
0: uh, Trapped Headstrong. Right? I think that was yeah, a, yeah yeah yeah. I worked at a music store back in the early two thousands. I mean ah oh,
1: you know the deal then.
0: Yeah, I worked at Sam Goody when it was it was going down. I got, I got on the sinking ship. <laughs> I was going to say, was Maps it
1: making there. money then or well, losing money? <laughs> well, you know what? Hey, I
0: was, I was out of high school. I needed a good job. I didn't want to work fast food. I, and I worked in a small ass town. I was either fast food or if you knew somebody in certain good places. Call. Yeah. Good <laughs> call. So I, I took that job and my dad's like, I'm all of 18 years old p- paying for my own, um, you know, college uh, education, community college. I'm taking like three courses and he's like, so you gave up, Working at this fast food joint where you're making 35, you were working 35 hours a week to work at a job that you're working how many hours a week now? I'm like, oh, 12. <laughs> he's like, what? i like, yeah, 12. And I'm still living at home. And he's like, well, how do you? I'm like, and I didn't have a car payment or anything. I was just starting out. I said, look, I need to get out of that job. I'm not going I'm not going anywhere. I get to work in music, man. It's cool. I sell CDs and movies and stuff. But I got on there. That's that ship was sinking already. <laughs>
1: uh yeah well it's uh it's the unfortunate thing with just retail and music all together, with the music right. stores the you know everything from entertainment blockbuster look what happened to all of them oh, they're gosh, just I know. Yeah, done, all gone. Yeah. done
0: everything's digital now man so yeah but so a lot of good bands I, I mean i remember when trapped came out they were so popular and i remember that strong i mean that song Headstrong strong but uh so was that was that pretty much it or did you have any other opportunities to interact with anyone did you ever get to meet anybody out there like some of these big name guys
1: uh yeah when uh, actually oddly enough when i signed that record deal at 18 Mm -hmm. uh, i flew out to la for the record party
0: dude you signed a record deal
1: yeah at 18 i know i didn't know what i was doing dude. i had no clue and it was a small label Believe what? me, when I say small, I mean it was it was indie before indie was even indie. So, <laughs> so
0: what were your thoughts when you signed that contract? The first, oh, I thought, thought I th- was going to make a million dollars, and dude, you thought you were going to get, gonna get laid, right? Too.
1: Yeah. Oh, at that point, it was about the money. You know, oh, okay, at okay, thirteen, okay. it was about getting laid. At eighteen, <laughs> it was about oh, I'm going to cash in. This is going to be awesome. <laughs>
0: so, oh,
1: I, I was such a fool. <laughs>
0: so, what ha- what happened after that? When you went to LA, you signed the deal. I'm sorry.
1: Signed the deal. Uh, the uh, the the guy who owned the record company, a guy by the name Dave Richards. It was mm-hmm. World Metal Records, which okay. if you look him up, it's like, uh, like I said, total indie label. Right, right. But at the party, it was you know like uh, Ronnie James Dio oh, was there at the oh, party. Wow. Uh, it, uh,
0: who else was there? There was a
1: whole bunch of people. Uh, the guys from Halloween, which mm-hmm. was a big metal band, in the Right,
0: industry. I remember them. Yeah.
1: And uh, who else was? There? Oh, Blackie Lawless from uh, Wasp. Wow. and uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say
0: Flotsam and Jetsam or something after that. <laughs> Might as well. You know.
1: Just, <laughs> I'm sure there were a bunch of other people that weren't like known at the time, but I just didn't know who they were mm-hmm. because of the 80s scene in L.A. at that time. I mean, it was just really taken off, wow. and, and just in a big way. And that was 84, so metal was just, uh, especially pop metal, was just starting to really take off.
0: So you're talking about like the, it was like Poison and, um, you know, Warren. Poison and.
1: was uh, later, actually. Oh, okay. It was later. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like a little bit later, maybe? Uh, they were around. Poison uh, was actually in, uh, World Metal had a, not just the record label, but they had a magazine. And the first magazine that we were in, we were right next to, we had an article right next to Poison, and mm-hmm. they looked nothing like they did when they actually had. It's so weird.
0: Wow. So, yeah. See, so then you were a big fan of – I have to say this because there was a guy I knew that loved metal, but he always knew how to distinguish different types of metal. And this was like in the mid-2000s. This guy was still stuck in like the late 80s or mid-80s with metal. He would call – he would say – Um. What was it was uh, NWBHM, New Wave of British Heavy Metal. I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's like, that's Def Leppard and this. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just say Def Leppard. He's like, no, that's it's NWBHM. I was like, okay, all right, cool. Relax.
1: I didn't know it had such a long acronym.
0: <laughs> Dude, exactly. I didn't know that either. And when he told me that, I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. So then so then, what happened? Did you guys put out some albums and stuff? or? Oh, oh let's
1: put it this way. We put out a album. <laughs> did that tour and then came home and it was like, yeah, I'm kind of done with touring and this isn't something that I feel I'm going to do for a lifetime. So I just totally bailed out of the professional music industry. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> 1 year of it. I was like, ah, I'm kind of done.
0: So I'm kind of done. So then you went back to Chicago and you just you became like a you just did the 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 real thing, the real job and everything like that.
1: Well, you know, I decided to go to tech school after that, you okay. know, and, and when you're looking at 85 at the time, that, you know, technology really was, oh God, I mean, PCs weren't even really, they were there. I mean, mm. there were IBM PCs that were like, you know, $10,000 right. for this monster 386, you know, processing, you know, powered PC. Yeah. Right. But. There was no PC in the, or no technology in the homes. There really wasn't much of anything. So I just thought it would be kind of neat to do. I always thought it would be fun. Went in, did it, uh, decided that I didn't want to be a programmer, but more on the hardware side, did that for a while, and then uh, went into technology sales not that long after. And uh, still this many years, yeah, I'm still in technology sales.
0: So you work for IBM? I'm just kidding. You don't have to tell me that. Oh,
1: God, no. No, I never worked. Actually, I had an opportunity to, and I said, nah, nah, I don't want to work for Big Blue.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I've been watching a lot of um Steve Jobs stuff lately, and he always talks about, I mean, he, he just always pointed, the, gave IBM the finger every chance he got, it seemed like, in those I mean, in those documentaries that I saw, they always make point of that. So, well, that's, that's pretty cool, man. So, I mean, you're... Hipster guy goes from being a, a a musician to a a tech a tech guy. Did you? Did they make you cut your hair? I'm assuming you had long hair.
1: Oh yeah, I, I cut it actually when I went to school. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got rid of it then. So yeah, I, you know, a mullet can only carry you so far in 1984, <laughs> dude. And then there's a point where you go, yeah, it's time to get rid of whatever that is.
0: <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to tell somebody at, at my work the other day about. Wanting to grow up my hair like Patrick Swayze after watching him in like Roadhouse and like, What are you talking about? I was like, The duck tail. What the hell's the ducktail? I was like the rat tail is like, No, that's not a rat tail, it's a ducktail. <laughs> and he didn't get it. I guess it, he might have just been either out of touch or he just didn't know what was going on back then because Patrick Swayze was the man in the late eighties. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and and if anyone could rock a mullet, it was you know, Patrick Swayze. No, yeah.
0: No. Yeah, man. <laughs> So come on, Roadhouse. Come on, Roadhouse. I know. Gosh, and you know, I heard they were gonna remake that movie or something. Yeah, that's a damn shame. Well, you know, they were gonna do it, but the opposite—a female version of Roadhouse—and they were gonna supposedly Ronda Rousey, Rousey was supposed to be the, the Ooh. person. Boo. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, she's she's pretty tough and manly, but I mean, I don't know. if You can't pull that off.
1: Well, that girl can kick ass, but you know, as far as acting, you know, and doing a Patrick Swayze uh, reboot, that's that's a tough call.
0: Yeah, that is a pretty tough call. Do you watch MMA, or do you get into any of that stuff?
1: I catch it every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, and just, it's just the pure, uh, just watching these athletes and how they just beat the living crap out of each other yeah, yeah. is just amazing to me. And, and how they do it with just, I mean, it's obviously a sport, There's style and there's, you know, points and how they get there, just like boxing. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But wow, these guys are just incredible. I can sit there and watch, you know, a match uh, after match. Mm-hmm. I can just sit there for hours and watch MMA. Yeah. I, don't get, I don't have the time, unfortunately, but when something comes on TV, I will not turn it off.
0: Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's good. You get the time to do that. And I know you guys really aren't into sports or anything like that. I know Juliet had mentioned that. She was just, <laughs> my loyalty is wherever I am. I think it's what she told me. But <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we'll go to games every once yeah. in a while just uh, just to go for right. the sake of going. Yeah. But, I mean, you we're know, sure. we're, we're not we're huge not. fans. You yeah. Know? But, I mean, like going to Wrigley Field, though, I mean, there's just so much history there. Yeah, of and course, the it's it's lineage great, and everything. Yeah. Great great place to go
0: and they're having like a hell of a year this year
1: i couldn't even tell you dude
0: no i'm telling you they're (laughs) they're doing really good i kind of hopped on that bandwagon this year so i'm just saying uh because um sam was on the show and And when Sam was on, he was telling me how he was in Chicago because he was helping with the Obama campaign, uh, I think in 2012 or or whatever. And he was talking about, you know, what you were talking about, the food. He's like, I'm the, he said, I'm the only guy that walked every day and gained 40 pounds or something like that because he ate a lot of deep dish and the food was just amazing. And then the beer and this and that. And I mean, it's one of those places for me is like a to-do list is to go to Chicago and we're actually talking about doing that. Hopefully, like in the next month and a half, two months or so. But you know, speaking of this,
1: hold on, dude. I gotta tell you, you missed the window. I've already missed it. If you're it, coming, if you're coming in a month or two months, it's gonna, it's be, gonna, two be, two, it's gonna be it's gonna be crappy. Yeah, be I, I would hold off until next summer. And there's so much stuff going on between you know uh, festivals and just being able to be out in the city if you come here in the late fall or the winter you, it's, it's gonna get ugly yeah i i don't love really yeah 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 chicago winters just suck dude i mean they just do i'll <laughs> just be honest <laughs> well, man, it,
0: it's it's like i hear this a lot from people who are they i mean they're very candid about the way about the way the weather is in chicago so i mean i'll, I'll take your advice i'll heed the advice and we won't go and um Somehow talk to my wife into waiting till next year. I mean I wanted to go <laughs> But if you do come out that
1: you know, we'll take you out, we'll uh show you some great places. Uh definitely hit us up. We'll yes. have a great time.
0: Well you know, I was about to tell you, um I was talking to Rob the other day from Robin Slim. Yeah. Dude. He's funny. He <laughs> oh my me up. gosh, he's so funny. <laughs> he he was a... Uh, he was like, yeah, we, I went to, hung out with Juliet and, and Dave, David the other day. See, I call you Dave. Can I call you Dave? Or he calls Oh, you, you can. David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, he That'll was telling problem. me, he was like, yeah, I was with David and Jules, and we were talking about you. We were saying you are a pretty badass dude. I was like, hey, dude, y'all are all really cool. We're all cool. And I'm like, dude, I've been calling him Dave for the longest time. I hope he doesn't get mad. And he kind of like just laughed. and Oh, and, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want well,
1: the funny thing is the reason why people call me David is because I'm a junior and my oh. father's name is Dave. Got so it. most of the people around me call me it's it's a combination between Dave and David. Like a lot of people at work actually call me Dave. So it doesn't matter
0: really. <laughs> so so that, was that why you were on on the Dave
1: podcast because you're a Dave? <laughs> you know, I I think it was just, you know, they they must have run out of Daves. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: that's why I got on <laughs> well he did Dave Foley he I saw he did um I think he did David Duchovny but hey man you're oh, that's cool I mean yeah so I was telling Rob that I that I called you Dave and he and I don't think he really responded to it but he te- he messaged me today and he's like hey did you see did you see the last episode or something and he was like yeah I love how he, they do it, man. They, like, real shock and jock kind of thing, where they just kind of like oh, off yeah. the cuff and they just go with it. And
1: <laughs> they're a lot of fun. Yeah. I've done some production pieces for Rob, you know, just some like little, uh, Little sound bite things that uh, you know to put together for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I'm a fan of theirs, I, yeah. I'll you know I listen all the time. You know, anytime that the uh, you know I'm in town or even out of town for that matter, I'll yeah. you know pull up the U stream on a Wednesday and uh, you know check them out. They're great.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you know when I when I got on his show, we had talked about being. I had talked about being. We had talked back in like January and being on 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 the Robin Slim and. We had tried to get it on the last week of January and I couldn't do it because my work schedule changed and And I, I let him know. Well, he reached out to me like maybe 48, 72 hours before and I was about to message him and he would say, hey, can you do it? I was like, no, I can't do it. But they changed my work schedule and I thought he got mad at me because he just like didn't respond or anything. He, I think he was just trying to find somebody to fill that time slot and months go by. Right. It's like April. And I still haven't talked to Rob. I'm like, let me message him and see if everything's cool. So I, I DM him and I say, hey, man, um, you still want me to be on your show? And he's like, hell yeah, man. I, I got a slot open this day. And then a week, like a few days or a week or two goes by. And he's like, hey, I actually have this date available. Can you do it? And I couldn't do it because my daughter had to have an operation. And then we finally got it done. But. Really cool, and uh, you know, Pod Pod Underground was was the one who tried to help me get on that show. He's like, I think you and him and the guys could really get something going. And I had listened to a little bit of Robin Slim here and there, and I hadn't really listened to it. But when I got on the show, they were really cool guys. I I love listening to them. I mean, I can't sit and listen to the whole thing, but some parts I'll listen to. And I think um, that same episode, they they had the guy that was trying to be uh, that was running for president on there, and it was so. Fun funny the way they just slammed him oh yeah
1: yeah yeah they, they, they it's kind of the running gag for this uh whole election uh year is that uh they have uh what is it slamborghini yeah uh, who is their intern pete
0: yeah who
1: will debate these different presidential candidates and yeah. these guys have no idea what they're walking into and <laughs> they it, it's just a complete shit show in the best way
0: yeah that's
1: all that's the only way i can explain
0: it <laughs> And and when Pod on Underground didn't tell me that that they could be a little rough around the edges. I mean, he wasn't rough with me. They were really cool with me. But, I mean, <laughs> they, Rob starts off really good. Like, I, I, I've i seen from the beginning to the end because, you know, they stream this stuff. And the oh, beginning, yeah. he's really cool. And then by the end, he's pretty, uh, he's under the end. Oh, oh, they're really just good. hammered. Yeah, they're just hammered. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> yeah, you know, they do a four-hour show, and I'd say that probably three quarters of the way through, they're just like gearing it up, and then that last hour, you know, just strap in. You're ready to hear whatever the, you're going to hear.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so production, a lot and, of fun. Yeah, it is a ton of fun, man. I I had so much fun doing it, and when I the guy that followed, the, they had that candidate after me, and oh my god, they just they obliterated him. It was so. <laughs> it was so good but you you mainly do production right so you're behind the scenes with the unwritable rant and the the truth podcast so you don't want to ever ever want to become in front of the mic huh
1: no you know that's not my thing you know it's juliet is just so good at what she does that i'd you know be a you know just a a much worse version of that <laughs> yeah. i th- no the world doesn't need me at a microphone really yeah. i'm I'm much more valuable behind the scenes <laughs> well
0: well man, you put together two great shows, and you know i I want to talk a little bit about that I mean you know just how you did everything and how it all started and and all that I mean well, I know how it all started, but how you go through and with everything because the shows are amazing, and you uh you, I mean, and I was telling Julia this, and she was just like, you know, I don't, There, there's still moments where I have my, you know, I struggle with certain things, and she's my guy, does a great job of making sure I sound really good, and you do, and you put it out there on, I think, on the one-year anniversary, right, with all her... Um
1: oh, yeah, all her, uh, like, blooper reel? Yeah, 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 yeah was yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I saved a few just for, uh, you know, in case something like that would come up, so... <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> she was <laughs>
1: it's a warts and all episode right
0: yeah uh, how how often um do you guys laugh while while she botches something is that pretty f- you just you well, know
1: the funny thing is that uh, with her doing the show and me editing it it's completely different kind of time frames mm-hmm. so i don't actually hear her record it oh, at all
0: oh okay like you said you leave the minute she I starts i
1: leave the second she starts right so wow. i get everything set up i just hit the record button <laughs> she's off and running <laughs> and i go do something else wow and then you know a couple days later i end up hearing it and editing it down for you know whether it's time mm-hmm. or story structure or uh, just getting, you know, the interview, uh, if it's an interview-based episode, you know, it's getting the pieces sliced together, all that stuff, you know, the general editing.
0: And does she tell you that there's certain parts on, on some of these episodes, like, hey, this part, take that out, or like, I mean, or are you just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go and listen to it, kind of like... um
1: at first, no. Uh, at first, she would just, you know, say, "Okay, I'm done," <laughs> and then have, you know, the next day or whatever, a couple of days later, I'd listen mm-hmm. to it and then have to kind of decipher all the different pieces. But she's over time. We've kind of grown a cadence to where now she writes little notes like, mm-hmm. "Okay." up until like minute three, you know, zero six, Mm -hmm. dump all that shit. That sucked. (laughs) Don't use any of that. (laughs) And just, you know, continue on from there. You know, she just gives me little handwritten notes, which is really helpful because then I can just, you know, dump that stuff and just move on.
0: Yeah. And she's an amazing storyteller, man. So the way you put everything together, you can't tell that there's any type of snippets or anything that you've taken out. So, I mean, it just goes to show that both of y'all, work really well together and how it just comes, comes together is just amazing.
1: Oh, I have very little editing to do on her storytelling ones. That's okay. the beauty of it is yeah. because she is a really great storyteller and I don't have to do a lot unless she just messes up a line and then she redoes the line. And then, you know, we just take it from there. Yeah. But other than that, it's really pretty simple. It's the interviews that I say would be a little bit harder to edit. Yeah. Because yeah, you're dealing with two people. Right. There's, you know, talk over and you're dealing with Skype issues and yeah. you know, everything else that goes along with that. Right.
0: Right. And most of these guests, they're all through Skype, right?
1: Uh, every one of them uh, is Skype, but early on, the first two that we did, and it was A. E. Hotchner and Gary Wright, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, right? Yeah, so yeah. I was new to podcasting. I had no idea how to record this stuff, and I knew nothing about Skype at the time uh, to do interviews. So I was using a conference phone that I hooked up to a cell phone, Wow, where I'd have people call that cell phone it would mm-hmm. connect in and then i had a zoom one that was pointed <laughs> at the conference <laughs> line. so juliet's got her face you, you got to imagine this because it's the, the most ridiculous thing ever so she's got her face real close because her voice has got to get into the zoom one as well as the other person right. in it and still you know uh, it was a nightmare it, i knew i had to start figure out a way to do it differently <laughs> and thank god that, you know, doing a little bit of research that learning how Skype worked and Skype interviews. And now it's now it's breeze.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's interesting. So even with the truth podcast, you don't sit there and listen.
1: Oh, no, no, not at all. Wow. Not at all all so, I hear is uh, I'm usually it. She does it. And uh, we have a podcast studio actually uh, built in our second bedroom got it yeah nice (laughs) yeah so it's like uh, this it's a dead room i mean it is so insulated Mm -hmm. that you can walk in there and literally you can't hear an echo anywhere in the room
0: wow well that's good
1: it's it's nice and it's a great place to record but i'm downstairs uh from uh, directly downstairs from when she's doing those And I'll hear her just laughing hysterically, even with all the baffling and everything else in the room. I'll hear her laughing. I go, ah, at least the episode's going good. Okay, yeah,
0: (laughs) good. And she, you know, and she does a great job. And you guys have had numerous guests, and you and I, you and I have actually touched base. And you've tried to help me get a guest, and you've helped her with that. And you're booking these people, so to speak, like Bobby Slayton. Damone, I, I always forget his last name or Rob something or other, but um, yeah, Robert Romanos, Robert Romanos, there you go, Robert Romanos, Bobby Slayton, uh, Phil Vassar the guy from Three Dog Night, Charlie Daniels, Bob Levy, it's a like a who's who man. I mean, you had Ari Shafir you had uh, well, who else was it? Um, gosh, he was on. Oh man, I forgot. Anyway, you've had a lot of great people on the <laughs> show, man. I mean, and was that all you? Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, well, it's it's me, but you know, it's it's really the pitch, right? It's right. it's putting together a, a really solid pitch, uh, and it's catching people at the right time when they're promoting things, right. and it, it's a whole bunch of things. You right. know, people, you know, think that it, well, p- people say that we have all these great guests. But if you saw the whole list of guests that had said no to us <laughs> wow. alongside of that, you'd go, okay, well, it really is a numbers game, right? So you, you have to, you know, create lists of people that you want to talk to that will tell great stories and that you're very interested in speaking to and they're ready to promote something. But at the same time, you know, it's... Sometimes you just get lucky. It really is just that. So you can have a great pitch. You can have all this stuff. I mean, I think the luckiest one that we've had was that A.E. Hotchner one. I mean, Mm. he did three interviews. Right. She was saying that. Yeah. And it just, it it still shocks us that it was NPR New York uh, Library and us. And that just still just blows my mind. And I don't know. uh, Here's why I think it
0: was. Yeah, Yeah. I was just about to ask you that.
1: A.E. Hotchner is, uh, he, well, at that time when we pitched him, that he was 91 years old, Okay, 91. So you can imagine the guy's not doing a lot of press, right? right, you right. Know, I mean, he just not going to be doing a lot. And I think that the person who I spoke with at the, uh, or the PR person for the book company that, uh, his, uh, novel was coming out on, uh, you know, I think that she wanted to kind of mitigate a little bit of her risk and you know gave him to us I guess I don't know that's the only thing I could think of
0: wow, so is, is he's still alive right?
1: oh he is yeah yeah he's doing great matter of fact he's working on another book Wow <laughs> the guy's amazing I mean the stories he has about you know being in Spain and Cuba with uh Hemingway oh, yeah. it, it's just unbelievable and matter of fact. He started Newman's Own, that product company. uh, Paul Newman's Own, you know that uh, the food company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Paul Newman, I mean he was he was the co founder of that company, and the guy's got a million amazing stories.
0: I mean, you're talking about the guy who, I mean, Paul Newman, man. You can call me Al. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. I come on. I
1: the guy's a legend. I mean even yeah. if he was just you know, the co founder of you know Newman's Foods, yeah, I'd be yeah, impressed, yeah. you know, let alone, oh yeah, by the way, I spent fifteen years hanging out with Hemingway, you know?
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Like, really? <laughs> wow. And you know, Ari Shafir, I mean he's he's hilarious. Bobby Slayton. I had no idea. You When you told me, or I looked through the list, I'm like, Bobby Slayton, Bobby Slayton, why does that name sound so familiar? So I heard his voice and I listened to, because before I had Juliet on, I listened to some of those episodes to kind of get acquainted more with with her to kind of have an idea of who she was. And I mean, I listen to the show now, I mean, it's a great show, but I was like, I know this guy's voice, where have I seen him before? And I had just binged watched Marin's show on Netflix (laughs)
1: Ah <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and he's, yeah. He, he was he's, just on there. He was
0: on yeah. there on the on at the beginning of the show, like I think on season one, episode ten or something. And he have you seen that one? I, I haven't, but I heard that he was on it. He was man, he's busting he's busting Mark's balls about doing a podcast in a garage and how his neighbor's <laughs> making all this noise and Mark Marin's like, Hey, are you you're mad? He's like, No, I'm not mad, I'm not mad at all. He's like, You sure you're not mad? He's like, Ah, you know, it's just oh God, it was so funny. And he, we we
1: caught Bobby at a really kind of an odd time. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't even know at the time. And we had done a whole bunch of research on him, but mm-hmm. hadn't heard this news that the month before he was on our show, mm-hmm. his wife passed away.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And we had no idea. And I, I don't know why he said yes to us mm-hmm. at that time, because when he said yes to us, it was literally like two weeks after she passed.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So when we when we found out right before we did the interview, because mm-hmm. uh, Juliet uh, found some sort of press release or something that uh, tipped us off to what had happened,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that we're like, do we address this? Do we not? And we're like, you know what? If he wants to talk about it, He'll bring it up, right? And he did. Oddly enough, he's like, "Aren't you going to ask about my wife?" (laughs) Oh, wow! She's like, "Well, I hadn't planned on it." (laughs) (laughs) It's just stuff like that that happens. You're like, "Wow, yeah, yeah." It's real moments like that that just you know are are both cool and also kind of you know it was a little unnerving.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because you don't want to like come off too. I mean, you don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers, right? Where they get upset to the point where they hang up or anything right i mean the idea is just to kind of connect with them on that short-term basis and then you kind of just go from there
1: yeah we figured that if he wanted to talk about it he would bring it up yeah he, you know if it was something that he was very interested in or that it was important for him to you know have a conversation about that he would have said something and he did and he did and you know it, it was addressed in the interview so it was kind of you know interesting
0: and you guys are still working on bill burr huh
1: well we haven't actively uh you know reached out to him yet because it's not the right time right now Mm -hmm. because he's still uh finishing up the next season of f is for family
0: okay yeah
1: as soon as that has air dates on netflix that uh we're gonna try our best we'll see what happens
0: wow yeah nice nice and uh that would be a good get he was on he was also another marin guy so i mean <laughs> oh yeah that's cool man that, that that's just awesome i i you know i have aspirations to talk to so many different people but i think like you said it's not the right time or place you want to build yourself up to where you're at that level where it's not you know where I'm, I'm fumbling my words or i feel like i'm not prepared or not you know what i mean i don't want to sound like too much of and I, and i was talking to um one of my friends earlier about not being like a fanboy because I don't want to be a fanboy when I'm interviewing these people. I don't want to. You want to almost sound like a professional and, and and on their level because if you sound like a, I don't know, you you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it, it, there's uh, yeah.
1: that line, right? You know, because if you come off as a fanboy, then then they're just going to. Uh, well, at least you know I've heard interviews where fanboys have done interviews with people, and it seems like the guests kind of shut down a little bit because right. it's, They're obviously an Uber fan, and while they were always appreciative of that, that Mm. you know, they're not getting the real interview, right? Right. They're they're getting a fan kind of view of the interview, which is, oh, can you tell me about that time where you did, you know, the the simple stuff, if you will, you know, the stuff that everyone kind of knows. Yeah. Where I think the interesting interviews is really kind of going to the next level down or a little deeper to, right. to ask questions that they may not have been asked or ask them in a different way and mm-hmm. just kind of get them to talk. That's that's the cool stuff. I We just uh, did an interview. Uh, matter of fact, it was this week, and we have another one tomorrow where we're doing a a Country Legends uh, episode that's going to come out this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we have, um, let's see, it's T.G. Shepard, which... Uh, if you're not into country music, you don't know who T.G. Shepherd is, but T.G. had 21 number one hits and was really good friends with Elvis. Wow, That's very cool. Yeah, very cool. And Juliet interviewed him, what was it, uh, last Thursday I believe? Yeah, last Thursday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he, at the end of the interview, said to her, and, and this still blows us away, he, yeah. he says, I-, I gotta tell you that I've you know done thousands of interviews and this one was the most conversational kind of interview i've ever had wow. and that just blew us away so you know we have that on you know we're not gonna make that as part of the episode obviously right, right. but that's going in the our personal archives <laughs> right of course
0: that's like you know like a mental note or whatever that's for you and not for anyone else obviously right but people exactly. are hearing you say this but so it's kind of like for all of us now but was it because maybe you didn't ask any Elvis related questions was that what was that what it was
1: uh, he just said that it was you know more conversational and yeah. that it didn't feel like in an interview and that you know it, it, the way that he put it is he goes you mastered the art of conversation
0: that is awesome and,
1: and making an interview and i think that's a good thing just to kind of remember when you know and this you know definitely stuck in juliet's craw was sure. that okay you know i I got to make these interviews like conversations. Not like I'm reading off a list of questions. Right. Not like, you know, it's, it's got to be a story and it's got to be interesting and it's got to go deep and it's got to go wide and, you know, it, it's because we had literally 15 minutes with them and to make an impression on somebody in 15 minutes, that you is, really got to do wow. a lot of homework.
0: Yeah. Wow. So is it? So is that what y'all? I know you told me like twenty minutes is what y'all's goal goal is, but yes, fifteen minutes, man.
1: Well, some PR people don't give you as much as others, oh. and you kind of go with what you know. You have to take their lead, right? Right. So because right. you want to work with that PR person again, and matter of fact, the PR firm that we worked with with uh, TG mm-hmm. was also the PR firm that got us um,
0: Chuck, Negron oh, Chuck Negron. Chuck and- Negron, yeah.
1: And also uh, Charlie Daniels. Yeah. So they've got us some great people. So the last thing we want to do is piss them
0: off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all took twenty minutes when you only said fifteen. Damn it! We're not giving yeah. you another one. And,
1: and they go by the minute, man. They wow. really do. So you you really have to be you know cognizant of the time yeah. when you're doing an interview and. If they're, if you're running short or if they're talking longer on different, you know, elements, then you just have to, you know, surgically cut out questions, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> kind of figure out where you want to go from there.
0: So is it, be does she just, I mean, obviously you're not there, but when you hear back, is she kind of just going off of like what, so she has her questions, I know that, but is it, she's feeling them out as well with these questions? I mean, if she throws it in there and if it goes one way, because see what I, what I've done, I mean. I don't want to turn this into just like a podcasting thing, but you know, I try to, you know, it's like a, like the Robert Frost kind of thing. I think that's like the, the road, the road not taken, you know, you know, two roads diverged or whatever he says. And I'm, I couldn't travel both. So I chose this one. But then when I came across this point, it's like a question, right? I mean, I feel it out. And if this question can get me this way, or just feel it, I'm just feel, I mean, the feeling out is probably the biggest thing, but is that kind of like what y'all are doing?
1: Uh, what she does and what she seems to do, you know, since I'm not the one doing it. You I know. know I feel like I hearing... am
0: talk- i don't want to go into <laughs> too much of this because you're the producer. No, you know, it's yeah. no,
1: but, you know, I hear the whole interview, even the stuff that, you know, I, you know, will cut out, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's for time or whether it's just content related or just it doesn't, you know, move the story forward that it, what it seems she does mm-hmm. is, you know, she'll she will take a question like her questions are just a roadmap they're not yeah. a you know her written in stone she's going to ask these 10 questions no matter what right if they go in a different direction and she you know finds it interesting or that she thinks she can get some interesting elements out of it she'll ask a follow-up question or ask uh, another detail about how they answer that question so it's not just about you know the being a good interviewer in the kinds of questions you ask, but it's also being a really, really good listener. Right. And hearing the triggers that can take you to another place.
0: Right. And this is be- being able to build that conversation from those triggers and just kind of like that's the right to snowball.
1: That's exactly right. Wow. And, and that's where I think a lot of people miss out in interviews that, you know, people, uh, some some people that do interviews. I've, I've right. heard I've heard great Podcasts that uh, do amazing interviews, and I've heard other ones that you could tell that they just wrote a whole bunch of questions down, right? And and they're going to plow through them no matter what the answers are (laughs) to any of the questions. Yeah, shit. I just saw it in the uh, Huffington Post. I just read an interview. I can't remember who it was with, but you could tell just based on the questions that they asked and the answers that were given Mm -hmm. that they didn't vary. You know, the questions that they originally put together, they just, you know, had a list of, you know, seven questions and bam, 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 did them and blew them out and let them answer however they wanted. And it's like, well, that's, you know, the standard or typical interview that a lot of these people go through. And I think the way you differentiate yourself is by being different.
0: Right. And, you know, and I was telling, uh, I had a buddy of mine who, who I'm still pretty close with and my job requires i mean we're both in sales i I mean i don't have to i don't want to mention where i work at but i mean we're both in sales (laughs) i'm right there with you (laughs) part of the time is that we're talking to people i have to spend a lot of time talking with people and one of my friends was like well you a guy who was into the what i was doing with the show and he's like well try to find different people to talk to and this and that i'm like you know what I, I, I sometimes I like I'm I'm at work and I'm not thinking about work. I'm thinking about what I need to do with the show and I'm just like, you know what? I'm talking to people all day long. I can use this to perfect my listening skills and being able to act because I have to ask certain questions to make right. money kind of thing, right? Sure. It's the same thing. I just have to listen to people. I gotta be intent, focused, and just listening to what they have to say and I can whatever. So it's like essentially I'm practicing, but it's. <laughs> I, I had another point when I lost it. I don't know what's going on, but I mean that was the whole gist of it was that I have to – I mean you can do these things and if I can perfect my craft there, I'm perfecting my craft here per se. But
1: yeah. You know I think sales and interviewing skills are oh, actually very similar because yeah. – in sales, you're constantly qualifying. Right. People, right. So you're asking qualifying questions and the answers that they, that they give you, uh, depending on how they answer it or with what style or, you know, and I'll give you a perfect example. So if you ask somebody, uh, when did you want to do a project? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the timeline of your project?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they say, well, we're probably going to do it next quarter. Say, oh, well, then who's going to be involved in that project? Mm-hmm. And you ask all your follow-ons, right? right? So all your your standard like qualifying questions, but it's in how they answer and what they answer with that will determine the path of where you go with your qualifying questions. Interviewing's the same way. Right. It's exact like same
0: way. Open-ended questions kind of thing.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I used to do, I used to have, I, when, I, when I was in sales, I mean, I'm still in sales, but when I was in a management role, like this, the manager kind of thing, I would interview people. And when I first started interviewing people, I mean, I would just read off the list what they told me to ask, right? right? So then I started traveling with my supervisor at one point when I worked at my last job, not my current job. He, I watched him do interviews with people, and he wouldn't use any literature that we had. Right. He would just sit there. It was all in his head, and I was so mesmerized how he was able to have a conversation with somebody, looking them in their eye, not taking notes, not writing stuff down, and he was mentally storing everything. And he was just he was he was giving them like his undivided he was giving them his undivided attention. And he while he was doing that, he was asking them questions, and based on how they answered those questions, he knew when to cut the interview off or to keep going. And I learned so much from that. I started implementing that in my job. So I would sit there real relaxed. And I mean, I'm I'm trying to look like, I was trying to look like Steve jobs kind of thing, like interviewing people. But I mean, obviously I'm not as intimidating as that guy, but I mean, he, I I was like, God, this is how you're supposed to do an interview. And, and I told him how I was doing it. I was like, I'm totally going to start doing it this way because you covered everything that we need to cover but you knew when to cut it off because people you know would interview people like you said the seven questions thing they still ask the questions regardless of where the conversation was going. It's the same thing with a job don't waste your time and it's like a podcast like you said fifteen minutes is all you need but if you're I think it's amazing that you can get somebody to talk about everything in fifteen minutes and at the end say this is the the best conversation interview I've ever done because you've cracked the code and how to be conversational with an interview.
1: But think about your boss in in the context of what you just said. So he took the material that was laid out for him. So all of the standard questions and what did he do? He put his own style on top of it and that's the key, right? So it makes it more like he is just saying these things, right? Because they're in his own words, they're in his own style there they fit his tone Mm -hmm. and that he's also you know mastered the okay where am i going to go next right right right. so you have the okay i'm gonna make it personal but i'm also gonna you know know where i'm gonna go from there
0: right see that that's awesome dude and i think that that's the goal for all of us especially with the interview type podcast that myself juliet and so many others have but i think that some of us are better than others (laughs) Yeah, I'm not gonna say I'm not saying I'm better than everyone else, but I think you know. Oh, I think
1: it's a skill that everyone can hone, though. Exactly, you know, it's,
0: it's not. You
1: always continue to learn, and, and, and believe me, I mean, Julia doesn't feel that you know in oh, any yeah. way, shape, or form that you know she's David Frost. You know, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's she knows that you know she's got a lot to learn, and that you know every interview's different, and there's some interviews that are you know. Th- people are really open and want to have a conversation and some right. people are closed and you have to kind of get it out of them. Right. So, you know, there's all kinds of styles you have to deal with and everything. It's a learning experience. Every single interview that she does, Right. I learned something from.
0: What a great guy to talk to. Easygoing. Um, just, just so so easy to talk to I mean I, I could have talked to him longer and longer about music because I love music and I love movies and Dave seems to be on the same page as me but just a really cool guy he's a great great people him and Juliet are one of the nicest people that I've ever met take the time to follow him on Twitter guys if you do the uh, if you do social media um, at behind the rant at Mo- <laughs> at morning neurosis. And uh, check out their podcasts. He's the producer for them, right? Uh, the Unwritable Ramp Podcast and the Total Truth Podcast. Also, um, check out uh, Juliet's Facebook page, facebook.com slash Juliet Miranda. Um, just really cool people. Thank you so much for being on the show, Dave. And thank you all for listening to the show. Every week I try to give you the best show out there. Now, there's a lot of shows out there, and I know it's... um. It's 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 time you know, I, I ask you to come and spend an hour of your time with me and I really, really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Now guys, uh, we're already at the end of the show, so let's talk about social media Twi- twitter, Instagram and Vine at Roal Samples Jr. You can go to Facebook.com slash World of check out the Facebook page. World of Row.com is where everything's at, photos, episode catalog is that right? The whole episode catalogue of World of Row is there. Also if you so you know, the podcatching apps, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. You can listen to them all there. Uh, you can also email me at s j r at gmail.com. You can drop a line and maybe if you want to be on the show, you can reach out to me there. And also I have a Facebook page of if you want a friend to request me, facebook.com slash santos jr. Maybe we'll be friends. You can tell me you're cool. Tell me how cool I am. That's the most important thing, right? Anyway, guys, um, you've been listening to the world of Ro, and stay tuned as the world of row turns. Have a great week on everyone. We'll catch you next week.